Turn to the person on the right of you and tell them God never runs out. Now turn to the person on the left of you and tell them God never runs out. Turn to the person behind you and tell them God never runs out. Now slap the person in front of you. Now I'm just playing. There's a story told of a wonderful elderly Christian lady who had very little money. And she lived in a rundown house. But despite her situation, she was always giving praise to her Lord. Her only problem was with this old man who lived next door. He constantly tried to prove to her that there was no God. One day as the old man was walking by this lady's house, he noticed her through an open window. She was kneeling in prayer. So he crept over to the window to see if he could hear her. She was praying, Lord, you've always given me what I've needed. And now you know that I don't have any money. And I'm completely out of groceries. And I won't get another check for a week. Oh, God, somehow, will you please provide some groceries? The man had heard all he needed. He crept away from the window, ran down to the grocery store, and bought a basket full of groceries. He then raced back to the woman's house, set the bags down by her door, rang the doorbell, and hid behind the shrubs. You can imagine how the woman reacted to seeing all these groceries. She threw her hands over her head and cried out, Thank you, Jesus. You've answered my prayer. I was out of food. Now you have provided. And at the same time, the old man jumped out and said, I got you. I told you there was no God. It wasn't Jesus who gave you these groceries. It was me. The woman lifted up her arms again and shouted, Oh, thank you, Jesus. You sent all this food and you made the devil pay for it. You know, I've been serving the Lord not too long, about 14 years now. And I came to realize in my 14 years that God doesn't always use the same methods to provide or do miracles. doesn't always use the same methods. It's like when you first get saved, right? You first get saved, you come in, you're broke, and you're, man, God provide. Right? And then all of a sudden, during the greeting or after the service, somebody comes to you and they give you a handshake but it's not a normal handshake it's what we call a pentecostal handshake come on somebody you know what you do right you feel it and you don't want to look at it right there because you don't want to be rude so you put it in your pocket or your purse then you go to the restroom don't you you go to the stall and then you open it up and you're like how much and you're like hundred dollars oh my goodness bless god so the next week, you're shaking everybody's hands. God bless you, brother. God bless you, sister. God bless you. 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 I mean, you became the greeter, and you're not even in the greeter ministry. But next week, nobody gives you a Pentecostal handshake. Right? And what I realized is that God doesn't use the same methods to do miracles in your life because you'll begin to glory the method rather than the method worker. Come on, somebody. You'll be looking to the person rather than God. 
will become dependent on the method of the miracle rather than the miracle worker. And that's where we find Elijah. Elijah, God provided, the Bible says, through a brook of water and through ravens bringing him food. But then all of a sudden, what had happened? The Bible says the brook dried up and the ravens stopped bringing him food. So now we find here Elijah in need of another miracle. In need of God to provide again. In need of God to do something. Is there anybody here tonight that you're in need of God to do something in your life? So we see God speaking to Elijah. And he tells him, arise. Go to Zarephath and stay there. See, that word arise means to move up. To move upward, to go from one place to a higher place. And not only arise, but also continues to say, go. Go. Go to the place where I'm calling you to go. See, that's key right there because a lot of people miss out on the blessings and the miracles of God because they don't position or they don't go to the place that God's called them to go. They just stay in one place. But God's not calling you and I to stay in one place. God is calling us to go. Many of you, especially in our ministry, Victor Arch, we know this to be true, that God's called us to go and take cities all over the world. But yet we just want to stay here in one place in our comfort zone. And because we do that, we miss out. We miss out. We short circuit our miracle. We miss out on God's blessing. We miss out. On what God has for our life. So God says, arise, go. Then he says, and stay there. Now I have a question. Now I have a question. Why in the world would God send Elijah to Zarephath? Doesn't make any sense. Because if you did not know this, That was Elijah's enemy's hometown. Her name was Jezebel. That's where she came. That was the other neighborhood. That's the barrio that you don't get along with. Hello, somebody. Right? Those are the people that wear the different colors that you don't like. (laughs) That's the team you don't like. Right? Like the Dodgers who won today. Come on, somebody. Hey, anyways. See, if I was Elijah, I would ask some questions. You ever question God, right? If I was, I said, God, do you know what you're doing? God, do you know where you're sending me? God, why do you want me to go to a place and stay there? And not just any place, but a place where I will be surrounded by my enemies. Hello, somebody. Why in the world would you want me to send me there? Why in the world would you want me to go there? Man, that's a place nobody likes me. People want to kill me. People want to persecute me. People just gossip about me. People just ridicule me. Why in the world would you want to send me there? A couple of reasons. I'll give you two. The place that he was going 
Zarephath in the Hebrew means a crucible for the refining of metals. A crucible for the refining of metals. Can I go a little bit deeper? That word refining means to produce a pure form of something by removing the impurities from it. So basically, a crucible brings all the impurities to the surface so that it could be skimmed off, leaving greater purity and adding value. See, this is the place where God is taking us, where he wants to get and take out all the junk that the world has put in us that can add greater purity and value to our life. Are you hearing me? This is the place where God wants to refine us. This is the place where God wants to get all the junk out that the world has put in us. See, some of us, we forgot where we came from. See, you look good now. All y'all look handsome and beautiful, by the way. But you didn't look like that when you first walked in those doors. Let's tell the truth and shame the devil. Come on, somebody. Nobody liked you in the beginning. Your girlfriend didn't like you no more. Your boyfriend didn't like you no more. Even my own mama didn't even like you no more. Right? You didn't look like that now. You didn't, the way you look right now wasn't the way you looked like when you first came in. See, some of us, we got to remember where we came from, what God set us free from, what God delivered us from. We got to remember, hey, 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 I wasn't always Mr. Holy Ghost Joe right here. Come on, somebody. You know, I, I, I was a little bit, you know, scary back in the world. I was a little bit prideful back in the world. I was a little bit jealous back in the world. I was a, a fighter back in the world. Come on, somebody. You used to get like in 10 fights in one day. Now I'm talking to the ladies. And so, in the meantime, as you're serving God, God wants to take all that junk out of us. Hello, somebody. All that pride, all those insecurities, all those complexes, all that junk, he wants to take it out of us. So that we can not only be pure, but be of value. Now, I'm not a big deal on gold, to be honest with you. I really don't know too much, but I do know this. I do know that when you find gold in mountains or the dirt, it doesn't look like the gold on your hands. I do know that. And I do know that what they got to do is they got to take it through a refining time where they heat it up. And all of a sudden, as it's in a fire, all of a sudden impurities, all the junk begins to surface. I do know that they skim it off. All that junk. And so by the time, the fire, the heat, all that stuff, and all the junk is taken out, now we have gold that is pure, that has value. That's where you and I pay the big bucks for that engagement ring, don't we? For that necklace on anniversary, don't we? Because you got in trouble because you forgot the anniversary last year. That's why. <laughs> Come on, somebody. And so you and I, I came to tell you, if you're going through the fire right now, or if you've been through the fire, come on, somebody, 
or you're about to go through the fire is just because God's trying to take all that junk out so that you could be pure and value could be added to your life. Somebody give God a hand if you know what I'm talking about. The second reason why God sent him there to Zarephath is because God said, go there because I am preparing something for you. I'm preparing a widow. I'm preparing something for you. This is Psalms verse 23 and verse 5 say, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my. See. God said, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. You know what that tells me? I was telling our church that we're in Santa Rosa this morning that God has already prepared your miracle. See, before you even woke up this morning, before you drank your cup of coffee, brushed your teeth, before you got dressed, God already prepared your miracle tonight. He knows who you are. He knows what you're going through. He knows what you're facing. He knows exactly how you're feeling right now. He knows what you need. And so God has already prepared. Come on, somebody. God has already prepared. That's why some of y'all, you weren't going to make it tonight. But God already prepared, so he opened doors so that you could be here. Some of you didn't have the gas to get here, didn't have the ride to get here. Somehow family situations was about to arise, but God already prepared, and he knew that he needed you to get here. That's why he opened the door so that you could come here tonight so that you could get what God already prepared for you. Come on, somebody. Give God a big hand. So he says, I have commanded a widow, right? Right there, another red flag would have went up in my mind. Wait, 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 wait. Wait a minute, God, let me get this straight. Hold on, time out. You want me a prophet, a man of God. Come on, somebody. Right? A pastor, minister, bishop, apostle, evangelist. You got like 20 titles. You want me. To go to a city that's a heathen city. Matter of fact, they're my enemies. Okay, and then, God, you want me to go to a Gentile. She doesn't even serve you, God. She serves other gods. And not just any Gentile. You want me to go to a woman Gentile. Hold on, hold on, And not just any Gentile woman. You want me to go to a widow Gentile woman. And the Hebrews didn't have insurance back then, somebody. Widows back then were poor, broke. She was a destitute widow. See, if I was Elijah, 
I would have thought, for sure, God, if you're going to send me somewhere, send me to a place or to a person that had means to provide, that's going to hook me up, right? Like, I travel a lot, right? I go to different cities. And pretty much when I go to different cities, they normally put you up in a beautiful hotel. I was in Santa Rosa, beautiful hotel. My God, gorgeous. They had a basket, right? They had bananas and fruit and Fiji water, and they hook it up, right? Came over here. I don't know the name of Marina or something. Overseeing the bay. Beautiful. You would think God would send you to a place like that, right? One place I went to a city. I'm not going to tell you the name of the city, so don't ask me. Don't ask me. I go to this city. And, you know, I'm pretty honest. I'll be honest with you. I'm pretty flexible. I'm not really thinking I'm this, that, or the other. I flow. So, hey, Pastor Philip, we're going to, you know, house you. I'm okay, great, no problem. Yeah, one of the couples in our church, you know, they have a beautiful house. They're going to, you know, take care of you. No problem. No big deal. Okay. So I go. I don't mind staying at the house. But they put me in the room. The garage actually would have been better because they put me in the kids' room. The kids' bed, have you ever slept in a kid's bed? Had like the car, princess, you know what I'm talking Spider-Man, The Incredibles, SpongeBob, you know what I'm saying? Right? And so you go in there and all of a sudden you see all these toys. They got no TV in there. Come on, somebody. No cable, right? So you're right there in bed, little like you just like you know it's just real small. There's no basket or anything like that. No Fiji water, bananas. You're just right there in this bed. I mean, small bed, and you know, I, I think I'm a pretty you know, somewhat of a small guy, but not too you know, relatively. I use that word, right? And then I'm trying to, you know, you're trying to get dressed, right? And for some reason, kids' doors don't lock. <laughs> so I'm trying to change, get ready for church. And then all of a sudden, the, the kid walks, hey! <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> My God. Ihole. <laughs> Right? So if I was Elijah, you would, tell, you would think that God would send you to a place that could hook you up. I mean, he's God. I mean, come on. Surely, God, you're able to hook me up and send me to, like, you know. Right? How about somebody? But sometimes... God provides through what in the natural we think as poor resources. And how can any good come from this? God uses means like that so that God will get all the glory. In the natural, it looks like what good can come 
from this situation? What good can come from this widow woman? What good could come from this place? What good can come from this city? What good all of a sudden in the natural? It doesn't seem natural to go to inner cities where destitute people to reach drug addicts, gang members, prostitutes. In the natural, that doesn't seem normal to start a church with those type of people. Come on, somebody. doesn't seem natural. But my friend, God does it because when he comes to a church service like this, and when you come on in and you see a choir like that, all you got to say and all we can say is if it had not been for the Lord on my side, if it wasn't for God and what he did for me, I can't give you credit. I can't give the government credit. I can't give my family credit. I can't give the system credit. All I got to say is, God, you get all the glory. That's why back in 1967, when Victory Outreach was started, they said, what good could come from a drug addict church? What good could come from a lethal village? What good could come from a bunch of gang members? Baby, look at us now. Over 43 years later, all over the world. And you and I... All we can say if they ask you, how did it get done? How did you do it? What's the formula? What's the step? What book did you read? What tapes did you listen to? All you and I can say, if it had not been for God on our side. Somebody should give God some praise right there. Somebody needs to give God glory right there. Because you should have lost your mind. You should have lost your family. You should have lost your life. Oh! But because God came through, woo, he went down your block. He went down your alley. He went to that prison. My friend, you can't tell anybody, hey, they did this, they did that. No, 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 no. It was God. Oh, come on, give God some glory. You got to give God glory. You got to give God glory. You got to give God glory. Home, you got to give God glory. Oh, I know you didn't testify, but if you got a chance to testify, I'm sure you would have told us, hey, I should be dead. I should have OD. They should have threw me in prison and locked the key. Oh, but God. God. That's why I praise him. That's why I jump. That's why I shout. That's why I dance. I don't do none of that to impress y'all. And number two, I don't need you to motivate me to praise God neither. I don't need no person to motivate because I know 
Yeah, I wasn't ever a hardcore drug addict, but my friend, I was purposeless. I was confused. I was hurting. I was lost. As a young person, I may have never did any hard drugs, but my friend, I was still lost, destined to hell. But at the age of 19, and a service like this, I still remember January 10th, 1996, on a Wednesday night, God's anointed now generation service. Pastor Sonny Jr. was preaching. I don't remember the message. I'll be honest with you. But I remember the moment. The moment I came up to this altar. And God became real. In my life. And I can't tell you. I will be lying through my teeth. And tell you God wasn't real. Because I felt him. So here we have Elijah. Being obedient. And he goes to Zarephath. And imagine as Elijah is walking up to the gates of Zarephath. He sees this little woman. The heat of the day is hot. The ground's dusty. And she's right there picking up sticks off the floor. And Elijah calls out to her. says, hey, could you get me some water? And she does. She does. Look how the prophet and the widow progress in their obedience. For the prophet, he had to be obedient to God to go to Zarephath. For the widow, she was obedient to the prophet and getting him some water. You see, by asking the widow to get him some water was only a test if she could be feet, if she could be faithful in the little. See, before God gives us our miracle, he wants to see us progress in our obedience by seeing if we're faithful in the little. Come on, somebody. You want that healing? God says, well, come to church Sunday morning, Sunday night. Friday night. Many of us, we barely come to church just Sunday morning. But God said, no, no, no. I want you to go to church Sunday nights. And on Friday night. I want you to be obedient. God, you're being praying, God, provide. I need, I need a financial breakthrough. God's saying, well, give tithes. God, I want to get 10 bucks. Be faithful in the little. Give a dollar. Right? See, obedience is the key to unlock your promises, your blessings. And man's obedience and God's faithfulness, that's the combination that leads to miracles. So now here we have the widow woman. He's out to go get the man of God some water. Then Elijah calls out to her again. He says, hey, could you also get me some bread? And what does the widow woman say? 
See, one thing you have to realize, every moment you start to progress, problems arise thereafter. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Yes. Every time you start taking some steps forward, all of a sudden, for some reason, there's a problem that tries to knock you 10 steps back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. All of a sudden, you step out and make a pledge towards the church building fund. You say, I'm going to give $1,000. Then the moment you leave the place, your transmission blows. $1,500. Problems. All of a sudden, you're being, God's filling you, God's doing something, and then you're praying for people. You're praying God's going to heal people. God's going to touch. And then you go to the doctor. And they tell you you got a spot that it might be cancer. All of a sudden, you're out there on the streets. You're witnessing. You're evangelizing. And then you get a text. Your child ran away from home. See, I'm not talking about silly problems, meaning that your hair couldn't go straight today. That your roots are showing. That your tie got a stain on it. See, I'm not talking about silly problems. I'm talking about problems. Gut-wrenching. Can't sleep at night. Problems. Ever been there before? Where you're just tossing and turning. You're trying to watch TV so you can just dull it. But that's not helping. You're just constantly thinking about the problem that you're facing. And it's like, oh my God, what's happening? And your, your stomach is turning. You're stressed out. It's like a, a burden on your shoulders. And it's like, man, a, a massage won't even help. It's like, you're, 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 it feels like you're losing your mind. You can't even think straight. I'm not talking about those type of problems. Ever been there before? Have you ever been there before? You know, for me, I've been there many times. I'll give you one time. We just did our youth convention. This was last year, gang people. You probably didn't even know this. Right? And right before youth convention, because of the economy, they made some cutbacks at my wife's job. Pretty much cut her salary in half. Families know that you budget according to your, both your incomes. They also made some adjustments in my life. Some financial adjustments. Right? Something happened. With my little girl, I'm not going to get into the personal details, but something happened. Right? But I'm thinking, you know what, youth convention is because youth convention, and all of a sudden I go to youth convention, God moves. Right? Everybody's thinking, oh, it's our time, we've got no time, our generation. But I still got problems back at home. Saturday, everybody takes off, all the youth, they're in the vans, you see the Hayward on the, on the thing, you see the Santa Rosa on the vans, you know, with the shoe paint and all that stuff. They're going to the beach. They're going to Disneyland, Magic Mountain, right? I got to go back home. My wife comes home already because she misses the kids, so she takes off. I go to my car. Everybody's gone. I turn the key. Car doesn't start. God, you got to be kidding me. I just preached 
at a 3,000 attendance youth convention. Power came out of my hands. <laughs> and the car won't start. I look around. All the gang before the, and during the whole conference, the convention, you know how it is, pastors, right, during the service? Pastor, do you need anything? Pastor, do you need anything? Pastor, do you need anything? I'm looking around. I need something. <laughs> I need something. Nobody was around. And you know how it is. You start calling people. Well, you know how it is. The day after the convention, pretty much everybody has their phones what? Yeah. They have it off. We all know. Come on. We're victory outreach. Yeah. Right? Can't, even get, can't get hold of nobody. Right? I can't even get a hold of my own father, my own dad. They just, uh, they weren't even part of the youth convention, but they turned their phone off anyways. <laughs> right? And I'm like, I can't. It just keeps on getting worse. You ever been there before? Problem. This woman was facing a problem. She told Elijah, Elijah. I have no food. A matter of fact, I'm just gathering a few sticks. I'm going to prepare my son and mine's last meal. After this, we're going to just die. We're going to die. See, the woman was looking at her problems through the eyes of fear. And many of us tonight are facing and focusing our problems through the eyes of fear. And when fear overtakes you, that's where you can easily give up. Why do you think Elijah told her, do not fear? See, the widow had her eyes on the impossibilities. All she saw was in the natural. But Elijah, a man of faith, he focused on the possibilities. Because God had already provided at the brook. God already provided through the ravens. So surely, surely, if God provided then, surely God can provide now. See, some of y'all, you got to remember back in the days when God provided. See, you forgot some of the miracles that you experienced. You forgot some of the miracles that God did in your life. You forgot what God did in your family. And surely, if God did it then, if God did it then, then surely my God can do it. See, you're sick in body now. But you neglected to tell us that a couple years ago you were sick in body then and God healed you. 
So if God healed you then, then God can heal you. So surely, my friend, if God did a miracle back then in your life. See, some of you, you got to look back. Look back at your life and look what God did. Look at the faithfulness. Look at the breakthroughs. Look at the promises. Look at the miracles. Look at the victories. Some of us, we forget too easy. We forget too easy. But if I dare challenge you to recall back then what God did, hey! And if God can do it then, then surely... That's right. That's right. I see some of you are catching it now. Surely, 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 surely God can do it. God can do it now. God can provide for you now. God can heal you now. God can give you a breakthrough now. God can save your family now. God can touch your life now. God can take you from one level to the next now. God can anoint your life now. God can use you now. Surely, if God did it then, then God. Then my God can do it now. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Somebody say, surely. Somebody say, surely. Come on, somebody say, surely. Look at your name and say, surely. If he did it then, he could do it now. Look at your other name and say, surely. If God did it then, he can do it now. God healed me then. God can heal me now. God provided me then. God can provide for me now. God saved my family then. God can save them now. Surely. Somebody shout, surely. See, what you got to understand is that problem is just the indication that your promise is on its way. See, some of y'all, you, you turned away. Let me say that one more time. That problem that you're facing right now, it's just an indication that your promise, your miracle, your blessing, your breakthrough, your healing. Oh, it means it's just on its way. You may not see it, but baby, it's on its way. It's on its way. It's on its way. I know you're stuck in traffic, but it's on its way. Yeah, it's on its way. Top five people, it's on its way. It's on its way. It's on its way. It's on its way. Oh, I may be facing a problem right now, but I'm not going to give up because I know my blessing, my promise, it's on its way. Somebody give God a big hand. I ain't stopping. I know there's traffic, but I ain't getting off. Oh, no. I'm just going to jump on the carpool lane. Come on, somebody. Woo. That's right. 
I know they're doing construction, but that's all right. So then Elijah tells her, look, look at what Elijah says. He says, go do as what you have said, but first make me a little cake from it. See, it sounds like Elijah is being selfish. Can we be real? Is it cool if we be real? That's kind of selfish, isn't it? Because in the natural, you just heard that she's making her last meal. In the natural, normally, if it was me, you would say, oh, porosita. Okay, mama, go ahead. Eat your last meal. Right? In the natural, wouldn't you say that? Right? Somebody has $10 on their hand. Oh, porosita. It's okay. Go ahead. Don't worry. It's okay. Don't worry about it. But Elijah knew something. He knew kingdom principles. 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 See, he could have just told her, you know what, don't worry about it. Make it for yourself. And she would have ate, but she would have just ate just for the day. But Elijah said, no, give it to me first. Applying kingdom principles, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Because what he was trying to help her to understand. Because when you give first to God. Can I help somebody? I know I, I, know I, made a, I ain't a teacher, but you know what, can I, can I just wiggle in a little bit? If you... Give it first. Seek ye. Seek ye. Seek ye. First the kingdom of God and his righteousness. But does it stop there? There's no period. Right? There's no question mark. No, it goes on. And it says, then... All. I like that word all. I like. Matter of fact, I should say I love that word all. See, when you hear the word all, you just think of finances. Right? That's all you just thought about right now. When I think of all, I think of peace. Right? Because money can't really buy you peace. It may buy you comfort, but it doesn't buy you peace. There's some millionaires that can't even have a good night's sleep because they got no peace. But my God says, I, I all, all things. That means I'll get some peace. Some people have a lot, of, but they're not happy. But all says, I will get joy. joy. See, some of y'all, before you got saved, you were miserable. You hated people. You didn't like anybody. You didn't even like your own family. All you want to do is just stay up in your room, locked up, watch TV, and that's it. But, 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 but all includes joy. Right. Wait, 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 wait. All includes uh, uh, grace. Because my sin, I made a, back then, God saved me. But you know what? I made a sin today. Y'all look at me like me, like you didn't sin today. 
Right now you just sin. You just lied. But God provides all. Means grace. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, another all. Love. Nobody loved me back then. But God's love, I'll get all. See, my friend, you'll get You'll get, you'll get, you'll get, that means you'll get joy, peace, love, grace, mercy, yeah, 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 you'll get healing, oh yeah, all, all, I'm saying when I say all, all, you'll get, you'll get a uh, 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 faith, all, all, you'll get, you'll get, you'll get all, you'll, you'll, you'll get all, your, your, your fans, salvation, your family salvation, all, all, see, it didn't just say you shall be saved, it said you and your household, yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right, that's right, so that means not just you, but your Household, all, 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 all your family shall be saved. All, all, all. My God shall supply. There's that word again. There's that word again. There's that word again. My God shall supply all, 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 all my needs. So whatever need you have right now. Just think of a need. Whatever need you got. My God has the answer. My God has the answer. Give me a need. Don't shout it out, but just think. Just give me a need. Just think, think. My God has the answer. He's the God of all. I said, He's the God of all. I said, He's the God of all. I said, He's the God of all. He is the God of all. All those bills are being stacked up high. Yeah, my God can meet those bills. Because my God is the God of my God is the God of your sick and body. You have hepatitis. You have cancer. You have uh, uh, back problems, migraine headaches. But my God doesn't just heal. He doesn't just heal just leg problems. No, 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 no. My God can heal. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, there's that word again. All, all, all diseases were cured. All diseases were being healed. Oh, oh, there's that word. All, 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 all. Tell me you got to get that in your spirit. When you leave this place, I want you to leave with one word. All. I serve a God of all. All, 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 all. Gas. You need gas. Well, my God. Are you catching it with me? Are you catching it with me? All. Strength. You need strength? All. He'll give you strength. He'll give you all, all, all things. Things. Come to the piano. All things. All things. Close your eyes. All things. All things. All things. All things. Think of all things. Keep up with me. Then Elijah. After he told her, go make me a little cake first. You know what he said next? He gave her a promise. And it wasn't a promise from Elijah. It was a promise from who? God. You can look up here. From God. And what did Elijah 
tell her what the Lord had promised. He said that your jar of flour won't run out and your bottle of oil won't dry up. You know, promises nowadays are hard to keep, ain't it? You know, I'm a father, and my daughters, they're a little bit older now. They're five years old. And they ask me, Daddy, you can take me to the park? Sure, baby. But not right now. When, Daddy? Tomorrow. The next thing they say, you promise? Right? You promise? I got to be careful what I promise. Because kids, for some reason, I don't know what it is. They got selective memory. But they sure do have a good memory when you promise something. My little girl, she's only four. I don't know who taught her this. I don't know what show it is. She goes, okay, daddy, pinky promise. Pinky promise. And I'm a pinky promise. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute, baby. I see tomorrow, you know what, let's just see. Let's just play it by, you know, let's just... She, she don't understand that. She just understands the pinky promise. She just understands that if I promise, that means I got to do it. Right? See, some people make promises, but they don't fulfill them, do they? They don't come through, do they? You know, there's a story of a man by the name of Russell Herman. He made a will, and in his will, he promised millions of dollars to people, though, he had never met. What was the catch? The catch for Russell Herman was that he did not have millions of dollars. He was just a simple, poor plumber. Right? He couldn't pay off. None of those beneficiaries would not receive not one dime. But yet, couples still would dream of what they would do with a million dollars. What would you do with a million dollars? Some of you are like, man, a million. Man, I don't even know what to do with just a dollar. <laughs> See, Russell had great intentions, but he lacked the resources needed to make them a reality. However, However, the promises of God stands in sharp contrast. God not only has made us promises, but my God has all the ability, all the resources, all the power to fulfill every single one of them. My friend, my God is not less than enough. He's not just enough. But my friend, my God is more than enough. So here you have, worship team, come. Here you have the widow woman. She does what the man of God says. She does it. She makes the cake. She gives it to the man of God first. They eat that one day. But then she goes back the next day. There's more flour. There's more oil. Then she goes the next week. There's more flour. There's more oil. 
Then she goes back the next month. There's more flour. There's more oil. The Bible says that the flour never ran out. That the oil never ran out. And I came to tell you, Victory Outreach, Alameda County Region, that my God, that my God, He never, never, never runs out. Oh, He never runs out. You need joy? He got it. You need strength? He got it. You need provision? He got it. You need healing? He got it. My God never, never, never runs out. I want you to give five people a high five and tell them God never runs out. 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 God, 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 my God, my God. He never, 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 never runs out. He never runs out. My God, never, never. You need joy? He never runs out. You need healing? He's never going to run out. You need strength? He's never going to run out. You need salvation? He's never going to run out. You need a breakthrough? He's never going to run out. You need a financial blessing? He's never going to run out. My God. Woo! My God. Will never, come on, help me say it. My God will never run out. He won't run out. He can't run out. There's just no way. He is that he is. My God. My God will never run out. Oh! Somebody shout, yeah! Come on, somebody shout, yeah! My God will never run out. He'll never run out. He'll never run out. He'll never run out. He'll never run out. Shake hands on five people and tell them he'll never run out. He'll never run out. He'll never run out. Whoa! 